RAF with Tony Tone and LA. <laughs> What's up, it's your boy LA, aka the Love Ambassador, coming to you straight live and direct from the Jungle Studios. First and foremost, thanks to all the support. You want to check me out online? It's at the Real LA21, or of course at Random Attractive Friends. The name of the podcast. That was quite creative marketing, wasn't it? Now, on a more serious matter, um, the Yanks, the Americans, our biggest audience. The police just seem to love to shoot black people or African-Americans or my brothers and sisters from your white brother in Australia. It's just absolutely astounding. Like every time you turn on the television or the news or your social media, like they're just shooting them in cold blood. It's just nuts. It's just nuts. And what I really heard a lot about, right? Because, I mean, there's always two sides to the story, right? So I'm sure that if you talk to someone that was, like, pro-police, they would give you extra information, and this happened, and X, Y, Z, and whatnot, and it's a manipulation of media, and whatever. But the one thing that, for me, really shines through in comparison to at least our police in Australia is that the cops seem to panic. Now, I don't know if that's... Um, if that's because they're fearing that everyone's armed and dangerous, or if there's like public enemies said a fear of the black planet, or, or or whatever it is going on, it just seems to me that it's like everyone else would use pepper spray or a taser, and even as we just saw in you know Wisconsin now with people rioting and that white supremacist shooting up the protests and the cop hitting a dude seven shots in the back when his kids were in the car, but yet they let him walk from the pavement all the way into his car and open up the door. I feel first and foremost there should be a bit of training. I think there should be more training, right? But after all the George Floyd incident, BLM protests and everything like that, a common theme has been defund the police. Defund the police put more money into social services, um, you know, helping the community, community programs. Uh, people see that it's worked in New Jersey. I watched a documentary on uh, Watts and saw that it actually worked in Watts with the police working more closely with the community. But now it's become like, obviously leading up to elections, a very hot topic. A very hot topic indeed. Uh, and each side fights for it equally as much. Well, I thought I'd try and find out a little bit more about it. So I went to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the authors are Heather Gillers and Andrea Fuller. And the name of the article is Cities Way Cutting Police Budgets and Discover How Hard That It Is. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's read through the article. You know, I support the Wall Street Journal. I don't make any money of it. I just think that it's a very interesting article in the way that it's written. And it highlights um, a common theme in America, which is the same as when I looked into the motor industries. The unions are so strong 
and the pension funds are so strong that um, it causes a real barrier, just that alone, to actually change. All right, so give it a whirlwind. Cities across America are weighing whether to reduce or redirect spending on police. Some, with backing from mayors and city councils, are already undertaking efforts to do so as protesters in the street call for defunding. They're quickly learning that police budgets built up over generations with broad public support are difficult to dismantle. Elected officials in New York, Seattle, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, amongst other places, have approved plans to reduce police budgets in response to the nationwide protests over the killing of George Floyd. Many of the cuts are cosmetic, temporary, or represent a relatively small part of the budgets. In the case of Minneapolis, they may not stick. A Minnesota State Commission has delayed a city council to plan to put a proposed bill to disband, disband the police department on the November ballot. On Monday, Seattle City Council, you remember how they basically shut off the city, had their own little, uh, <laughs> their own little fastum, uh, approved about a $3 million cut to police spending for the remaining budget of the year, or around only 1% of the annual police budget, but far less than the 50% target some on the City Council proposed. Police Chief Carmen Best, the first African-American woman to hold the post, and who was opposed to sharp spending cuts, announced her retirement in the wake of the decision and decried a lack of respect for officers. Other cities are trying to avoid cutting police funding despite hits to tax revenue from the economic slowdown. A few, such as San Diego, have even voted to increase police budgets recently. The calls for cutting come amid a rise in violent crime in several large US cities this year, including a murder increase in, of course, Chicago. Chicago, um, a few weeks ago, saw heavy looting of its magnificent mile and other upscale shopping districts following a police shooting that wounded a man in another area. Officers said he had fired on them first. Chicago recorded 94 homicides in the 28 days ended August 2nd. Speaking before Sunday's looting, Alderman Matt O'Shea, a Democrat, said... We just had the most violent month in 28 years. Is now really the time to talk about defunding whatever that is? And that's also, as we'll go through the podcast, a, a common theme is people yell to funding, but there's no like, clear-cut game plan of what to actually do. Even activists defer on what defunding the police means. Some want to outright end or deeply cut police departments. Others say that term means redirecting a portion of police money to things such as social workers, education, job programs, or moving functions to other departments. Um, yeah, I, I think that instead of calling defunding the police, you should say a reorganisation of finances and put it more into social work, education, job programs, uh, mentorship programs as well, and that sort of thing as well. And also, um, whilst it's probably really difficult in theory, you should you should have people within the same area or same ethnicity also um, policing the local areas that have skin in the game, so to speak, um, as I say in Australia, which means that basically you know it's in their interest to look after the community because they live there and they you know the parents are from there and friends are from there, etc. Recent polling suggests Americans support changes in policing, but also broadly support police. In mid-June poll by Pew Research Center, following the first of the protests. 
George Floyd. About 42% of black adults surveyed favoured reductions in spending and policing in their areas, and 21% of whites did. Oh, look, I mean, I'm reading through stats, but stats, it's always like, who you asking, how many people you asking, like, you know, it's what leading questions are you asking and that sort of thing as well. But anyway, for the sake of the argument, I'll read the stats out, but always take it with a grain of salt. Uh, Gallup polling released more recently found that 47% of all respondents and 70% of black respondents supported shifting some police spending to social programs. 60% overall and 61% of black Americans wanted to see police presence in their neighbourhoods to remain. And one-fifth of both groups wanted to see it increase. Polling showed that 58% of Americans support major changes to policing, but just 15% support abolishing the police. Even abolishing the police is just absolute fucking madness. Um, then then who protects you? Like, I guess you'd get the local mafia who would probably protect you then. Hey, uh, hey, uh, Tony, I've got the problem. I need you to solve it. Yeah, don't worry, I'll give you an offer that you can't refuse. We've got modern day police and we're the coppers. What I learned from being in city council now as a mayor is that people don't necessarily take exception to the presence of police in the communities, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance said. Uh, support from voters and politicians is around that local spending on police now around $100 billion a year has outpaced the overall growth of city and country budgets over roughly four decades, rising faster than the K-12 education, sanitation, parks and recreation, according to Wall Street Journal Consensus. Uh, between 1977 and 2017, local spending on police rose 176% versus 137% rise in general expenses, accounting for inflation. And in Atlanta, when I looked at our police budget, I said capital costs, salaries, pension costs, workers' compensation. Uh, said Miss Bottoms, a Democrat, one of the first moves in May 2018 was to increase police salaries. And so on and so forth. Let's just try and get to the crux of the matter. Uh, reducing police funding is going to be a process over time, said Andrew Ritchie, a researcher at Barnard Centre for Research on Women, uh, whose public advocated deep cuts in police spending. Police budgets, here's the crux here. Police budgets are set by elected officials at local and state levels with spending often enshrined in multi-year labour contracts negotiated with unions and with pension obligations that last for decades. Some police spending is obligated by court settlements over use of force. Compensation makes up more than half of police department operating budgets without counting benefit and pension costs, according to a journal analysis of data from the Consensus Bureau and Justice Department. Cities that pay below market salaries risk losing offices to neighbouring towns. Again, that's why I said it's idealistic to get your own people to look after your community, but money talks. Agreements with police unions, established work conditions, typically pay hours and benefits in 71% of departments that serve a million or more people, and in 53% of police departments serving 500,000 to a million people. Sometimes union rules mandate the number of officers on a shift or assignment. Police pension plans costs for 12 major cities and counties tracked by the Boston College Center for Retirement Research Average more than three times what they did 18 years ago. Pension obligations, which often kick in when officers are middle-aged and set up many years of payouts, can be decades long. New York City's spending on police department pensions has risen 94% and 
accounting for inflation since 2005 to 2. What? That's insane. To 2.8 billion dollars in 2020. Police misconduct creates another set of spending obligations as departments have to face persistent problems with the use of force. The 10 US cities with the largest police departments paid out more than $1 billion in settlements and judgments in four years, from 2010 to 2014. I mean, then there's a fucking problem if you're paying $100 million average each over four years. That's $25 million you're paying in compensation. What the fuck? Uh, okay, so basically, long story short, is that they've got a huge amount of outgoings in terms of pensions, and essentially they get sued a lot as well. Since the killing of Mr. Floyd May 25th, some local elected officials have been more receptive to shifting some, mon some police money or fundings to raise spending on other services, mental health, which definitely Americans need help with, probably Australians as well. Uh, New York Mayor Bill de year in late June announced roughly $1 billion in cuts to the $5.6 billion police budget for fiscal year ending June 2021. Much of the cutting will come from moving functions such as school crossing guards to other departments. Yeah, right. So your answer to violence in the streets of New York is to take away the cops, the lollipop cops, making sure that kids get across the street properly. Thought we were supposed to protect the youth. The remaining $439 million is from cancelling police academy classes um, and so on and so forth. Again, Democrat mayor. That's what I noticed, actually. I mean, I, I don't really want to get involved in politics, right? Because it's very heated in America. But I have noticed that a lot of the times it is massively fucked, it's run by Democrats. Uh, in Los Angeles City Council, members approved $150 million in cuts to the nearly $1.9 billion budget. The city, which is already contractually obligated by an agreement last year to raise police salaries, expects to achieve the cuts by significantly reducing overtime and reducing the force through attrition according to people familiar. So if you're if you're a gangbanger in Compton, right, you should really just pick a time, like look at the laws of when overtime for the cops is kicking in and then do your crimes around there, right, because the, the when they reduce the overtime, there's not going to be anyone to catch up. Uh, in Seattle, where the protesters broke out, um, they're cutting, again, by a couple of milli. Albuquerque, great name, by the way, where do you live, Albuquerque? Is planning to shift some police functions to a new community safety department, which responds to 911 calls, sending social workers, homeless specialists, and violent prevention experts. I actually like that idea. It's a good idea. Little of the funding will come from roughly the 210 police budget, but about 80% of which goes to labour costs, including retirement. Facing a violent crime rate three times the national average, Albuquerque City Council in 2008 raised sales taxes mostly for the police and fire budgets. Uh, they've also increased all the spending on the equipments and everything like that. Community safety department's got about 10 million bucks, um, and so on and so forth. US public support for police increased after max shootings in 2016, including the Orlando One Pulse nightclub, uh, and then when that bloke started shooting all the, the cops in Dallas, um, Support dropped, obviously, after Floyd, old Mr. Floyd, uh, and it's been relatively slow since. 
Um, so changes have obviously in police states, you can check out the articles yourself, have, have increased overall. Um, violent crimes, okay, so this is interesting actually. Starting in 1994, a federal initiative under President Clinton spent billions of dollars to small towns for police hiring. It prompted more than 300 towns to create brand new police departments. Big cities made hiring police a priority. New York added 35% more officers per capita in 93 to 97. Violent crimes fell by half from 1993 to 2018 to 369 per 100,000 Yankees, according to FBI data. Arrests in the mid-210s dropped to its lowest in decades. Meanwhile, police mandates expanded, but 2016, more than 40% of departments serving 100,000 of all people had task forces on terrorism and cybercrime. Police became the first government contact for people with troubles such as addiction, mental illness, homelessness, uh, and officers that increasingly were stationed in schools to protect and monitor students. That is just, like, so foreign to us Australians. You've got to have cops in schools to protect them and monitor them. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, the police facing murder charges for killing Rice Brooks in Atlanta weren't responding to a call about crime, but a man asleep in his car in Wendy's, and they end up shooting him. Um, and, you know, we have multiple things like Tamir Ross uh, as well. Breonna Taylor, you know, still waiting for the justice, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, so let's, uh, let's have a look at a few more things um, in terms of salaries. Uh, Santa Ana police officers are paid about 90 grand to start, going up to 102,000 after two and a half years plus benefits. Uh, Cecilia Glass is one of the two council members who voted against the raises, the additional 25 million that could have gone to a lot of other services. Um, so, yeah, I think. It's not as easy to defund the police because, first of all, there's no clear objective of how to do it. Secondly, it sounds like legally they're just locked in with all these pension funds and everything like that. Um, and it's also... How do, you, how do you spend it? I mean, you want my own two pence. I think there is an institutional problem with racism in America. Um, but I also think overriding that is a poverty issue, um, which is a real problem as well, uh, and mental health. And you've got a shit ton of guns everywhere. So you've got this whole entire cauldron of brewing all the time. And, and, and finally comes down to, to training, you know, like I'm no police expert, but a lot of the times when... You see a lot of this stuff happening with the forces being used on um, not just minorities. I mean, an enormous amount of white people that are shot by police as well. You know, like there's an enormous amount of white people that are also being shot by police, uh, not just uh, other other ethnicities. So it really is also a training issue of um, why you're just clocking dudes with guns. The answer, I, I always, I'm always a believer in um, community programs. I'm a, I'm a believer in education. I'm a believer in, um, if possible, local schooling. I'm also a believer in managed hours of work because I think a lot of these cops are just working such long hours and, you know, God knows what they're seeing every minute of the day, a lot of them as well. And then... A lot of them, you know, some of them are snapping. And also I think there has to be a reaffirmation re of that, you know, there are probably a lot of good cops out there as well. You know, there's probably a lot of good cops that are going and 
generally caring about their job and trying to do the, the, the best and, and they're and the copping a bad, bad rap for it as well. Um, so, yeah, like I said, not really as easy as one would think, but uh, I think something has to change. But as the article shows, probably going to have to look at... Uh, how to get rid of that massive exposure of your pensions and, and, and your spending as well. And look, you've just printed trillions of dollars, so why not just throw a little bit into community programs and job programs and everything like that. And I'm going to finish this podcast with just good luck, America. Peace.